0: Welcome to Not Your Ordinary Parts, a podcast where we talk about hard things associated with the human experience with the goal of increasing awareness, growth, and healing. You may hear information from professionally licensed therapists, life coaches, healers, doctors, et cetera. This information is not medical advice or therapy and is not meant to replace actual therapy or instructions given by a doctor or personal therapist. I'm your host, Jalon Johnson. My guest today is Guy Finley. Guy is the author of 45 books and video audio programs that have been translated into 30 languages and have sold millions of copies worldwide, including his international bestseller, The Secret of Letting Go. Guy is the founder and director of Life of Learning Mm -hmm. Foundation, a nonprofit center for spiritual discovery located in Southern Oregon with tens of thousands of online newsletter subscribers worldwide. Through Life of Learning, Guy has presented over 7,000 unique Self-Realization Seminars to thousands of grateful students throughout North America and Europe over the past thirty years, and has been a guest on over one thousand television and radio shows, including national appearances on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, and NPR. So, Guy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being my guest. It
1: is my pleasure, Jelana.
0: Uh, I gave a, a bit of an introduction, but so that the audience can get to know you a little better, could you? Give us a little bit of background about yourself, please, sir.
1: It's so boring, man. (laughs) It is. I mean, I get it, particularly that, you know, I I would have what you might call a colorful history. Uh, But in a nutshell, uh, I was born and raised in a very, very successful Uh, show business, entrepreneurial family. Uh, My father, Time Magazine Man of the Year. Uh, I, as a child, spent time with all the children of the celebrities of the day, most of which, by the way, nobody even knows their name anymore. (laughs) I've been transported into another time where the time that, I spent in my formative years, no one even remembers it happened, which is just as well. Uh, I followed up a, a, a path of a bifold path. There was always a singular path in my life, Dylan. Uh From that time I was six years old, I had a spiritual inclination uh, and there were um, many I guess you would call them religious or mystical experiences by the time I was twelve or thirteen years old, and it hasn't abated and I loved music, and my career at an early age followed this marriage of my wish to express the the highest emotion I could through music that I didn't know. It never dawned on me that I would uh, grow into a, a writer of books or uh, become known, as it were, as an author and teacher. But I, I, I got lucky. I spent time on Motown Records. My partner and I, the first white soft rock artists ever to sign with Motown. Rare Earth signed about the same time. They had the first hit. Um, and then I wrote music for motion pictures and television. I worked with uh, Neil Diamond and Tom Catalano over at RCA after I left Motown. And then I I I I quit. <laughs> I left everything around the age of 29. I was uh, living in a beautiful home in Malibu with all the the uh, accoutrements. And I realized one day that I had become a slave of the thing I loved. I had to write music to support myself at the level that I imagined would make me happy. And I saw this great contradiction that at last I could no longer reconcile. And that is, how do I become someone who has to serve what he thought was going to free him? Because I thought music and being successful and Hanging out with Mr. Gordy and the gang at Motown, you know, that was that was going to be it. And it wasn't it. It was far from it. And uh and I and then I, I I basically quit. I went started traveling. I went and dusted the feet of more uh people in India than I care to tell you about with my forehead that I might somehow be shocked depotted, awake, you know, something might happen and I go suddenly I'm illuminated. I wanted to understand the contradictions that I'm, that plagued me my whole life. How is it that people with so much are so unhappy? How the hell is that possible? So afraid and angry, so protective, so much pain. So that was a fruitless trip, other than it made me realize that if I was going to find what I was looking for, I wasn't going to find it because someone else opened me up, uh, or because I suddenly ran into some uh, immutable, perfect teaching that was going to Pop open this consciousness and I'd be free. All of that went out the window. Uh, and I'm glad that it did. That was probably why I made that journey. So I could be thrown back 100% on myself. Uh, and the rest is history, more or less. Came home not there long after. I had the good fortune of meeting a, a truly beautiful, illumined, and I'd call him a Christian mystic, an awakened man. I spent 15 years working with him. Uh, When he died, he had given me instructions and I followed him to the best of my ability. And here I am on uh, July 18th, 2023, talking to Jalan. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
0: (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, When when I was doing some research on you, I did see that you had uh, produced music and you had even worked with Diana Ross and uh, Debbie Boone, the Jackson Five. Um, And you had composed your own uh, albums as well with Motown and RCA. And I thought that that was quite incredible.
1: Uh, If I'm I'm lying, I'm dying. Yeah, I did all that. Uh, It was all, everything is grist for the mill, Jalan. Everything. And anything that doesn't become grist for the mill, gets stuck in your craw. Everything is meant to be a lesson, learned, transformed. On you go, on you go, on you go. A a, a true spiritual aspirant first looks for campsites made by others, moves into those campsites and realizes that he's not going to find, she won't get what they thought they would there in those campsites and eventually has to leave those campsites without any idea where it is they're going other than they know what doesn't work. Hmm. This is a big theme in all true traditions. Not this, not that, not this, not that. And eventually you get to a place where you realize that's what the mind likes to do is make campsites. Can't wait to come up with an idea, an image, the next belief, the next thing that's going to save me and rescue me until you realize that what you need to be rescued from is yourself and what yourself is always doing is making campsites. So the whole thing begins to collapse into a kind of new silence where that energy isn't spent trying to build something for yourself. That energy is spent trying to discover something about yourself. Then you're, then you're uh, at least have a one good foot on the good path.
0: Speaking about that, um, you mentioned that, you, you realize that everything that you had wasn't giving you happiness or fulfillment, um, as a young man. And you, you kind of went on a journey looking for fulfillment. Um, and you spoke about this a, a bit, but what, what was it? Do you feel like you were missing and did this journey enable you to find it?
1: It's so hard for us to understand things that one day will be so clear they're unavoidable. I was missing myself, Jalen. And the reason I was missing myself is because I thought myself depended on what others thought of me, what I owned, how I was perceived by people, so that I was a man owned by the conditions that he believed he could control and thereby change his experience of life. Our experience of life is a direct reflection of our consciousness in the moment that life gives us what it does. And if our consciousness doesn't change, it doesn't matter what life gives you because A, it'll never be enough, and B, if it is enough, you'll live in fear that it'll be taken from you. So it's a question of under, it's always a question of understanding. I wanted to be a man who had his own life. Period. And every event in my life, as in yours and everyone else's, when we're finally willing to see it, is a direct reflection of that. Why do I get depressed when? things don't work out the way they're supposed to because I'm identified and dependent upon a desire I didn't even set for myself, a belief that I had to be somewhere, go something, all that business. Then one day you realize, what kind of life is this where I'm always afraid? I'm always looking behind me to see if something's catching up And at the same time, looking ahead of myself to find some place where what's chasing me won't get me. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's unending. And I didn't want unending suffering. I wanted to understand my suffering. And there's a big difference. You can't run from suffering and ever understand its real source. But the minute that you realize you're running to what will be the next form of your suffering, you realize I need to slow down and ultimately step out of this rat race which is not humanity, although it's a certainly a bunch of rat-like creatures running around, but rather this mind just going, going, wanting figuring, working, planning all that endlessly how can a mind that can't rest ever lead you to a place where you're going to rest
0: wow that's deep very deep, um, thank you for sharing that. Um, another thing that I wanted to to ask about is uh, you're the founder and director of Life of Learning Foundation. Can you talk mm-hmm. about what the foundation is and how it works
1: well uh, i I guess I'll see that would be a long story, but simply put life of Learning Foundation <clears throat> is uh, a center meaning it is a place where men and women can come and study, uh, learn. I speak at least three times a week, uh, and of course, it's broadcast around the world for free. But the men and women who come there, they're involved in certain practices and works that are involved with actually not just acknowledging the truth, but acting on that knowledge. And it's a beautiful place, John, and you are hereby cordially invited to visit anytime you want. It doesn't cost anything. There's nothing to join. People are asked for a $3 donation at the door, and that's it. No one's turned away. And uh, it's a gorgeous place in southern Oregon on 15 acres of old-growth sugar pine. Got a couple nice, beautiful buildings, mostly built by the volunteers here so it's it's a it's a great place where there's a great fellowship and unending interest in the work what it that it takes to be free. That's what life of learning is, which by the way is what life is learning
0: indeed it is um something else that I wanted to to get into a bit is uh you have a ton of amazing quotes, and I think that they're all so good so I wanted to mention just a few and then have you uh explain what you meant by them. Um, And I'll start with this one. Fear needs your cooperation to frighten you.
1: If your viewers and listeners want to write something down, here is something that you can ponder. And I, 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 how do I say this? I'm, uh, my view of guy is nothing. I uh, I am, if you want to know someone that doesn't know anything, Jalan, it is this man. But at the same time, I understand that certain things that are said have meaning. But the meaning isn't because I made it. The meaning is because you find in it the truth or the hunger to understand it that you do. Here is what I would write down if I was interested in being a man or a woman who is no longer afraid of my own shadow. And just to be clear, every fear you have is your own shadow. Here's what you would write down. There is no psychological fear without negative imagination. End of story. There is no psychological fear without negative imagination. Name one thing that you're afraid of, and what you'll be looking at is what you imagine that moment or event will mean to who you've imagined you are. Resistance floods in because who I am is challenged by what I've interpreted the event to mean. It's imagine someone um, who goes to an art store and walks in and the, the third painting they see is so hideous and so uh, ugly that it makes him gag. And then he goes to the shop owner and says, I want to buy that painting. Sure. Nobody else wants it. Take it home. Takes it home. He puts it on the wall right there in his bedroom so that every morning when he looks at it, he can have the same reaction. Now, who would do that, Jalan? Who would do that? Anybody? No. But that's exactly what happens. I wake up in the morning. My mind puts up on the wall of this consciousness what may or may not happen. It worries me. I get frightened. I look at the projection of my own mind, and then I resist what my own mind tells me may take place. That's what fear is. So I live with a, in a world where my mind never stops Projecting the meaning of a moment, and if it doesn't project the meaning of a moment, it produces a moment that it gives meaning to, and then it goes, "Oh no, I don't like that." What don't you like? What my own mind just painted?
0: Oh. <laughs> wow, I'm have to sit with that one for a minute because that was, wow. Yeah.
1: I mean, when you think about it, Jaylon, you you, you know you. Uh, I live up here in Southern Oregon, and I turned my camera around so you could see the wild turkeys that are 20 feet from me and the deer. I live on a little mountain top. I've got a small house here. Why in the name of God would any human being want to look out into this world of beauty and let their mind give them something to be afraid of? Whose attention is it, Jalen? Jalen, whose attention is it? Is it my attention? Shouldn't my attention belong to me? Mm. Mm. Well, whose attention is it when I'm sitting someplace and out of all the millions of things that I could give my attention to, maybe just being grateful for my mom or dad or the beautiful day or the fact that I'm not starving someplace like a billion gazillion other people. Smallest thing. Anything I could give my attention to? Where does my attention go to? Oh no! <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, now what's going to happen? Holy Mother of Pearl! You've got to be kidding me! He said that, and then you, and you start to realize, well, why would I give my attention to something that when I give it to that I'm tormented, unless something in this unconscious nature wants to experience just that. And it does, which we can't believe about ourselves. I've been talking, uh, God, I'm, I'm 74. I've been talking for almost 45 years. Started when I was 29 years old, giving talks. In all of those years, I have almost never met a person who believes for a split second, at least at the outset, as you wake up, you discover it's true, that their own mind, without them knowing it, is set against themselves. Nobody believes that's true, in spite of the evidence that everything we do to rescue ourselves becomes the next things that wrecks our life. And we don't see the loop. And until we wake up, back to what I said, no psychological fear without negative imagination, translation, unless I'm dreaming about something, I can't be in a nightmare. And if I'm dreaming about something, is anything I dream about going to end this pro- this proclivity to be in conflict with life? Or is the answer to living in a dream to realize I'm in a dream and sweet God, please help me wake up because until I wake up, it's a fool's game.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, that was a very profound answer. And uh, so much to think about. So much to think yeah, about. You
1: know, uh, and the, the heart swells, doesn't it? The heart mm. gets full when you hear things that you know are true. That's not true because right. I'm saying it. Right and Here you are. I don't know where, where you live, uh,
0: Jelan. I'm, I'm in Florida. So you're in Florida. South, South Florida.
1: I, I'm coming to visit Florida in two weeks. I am. I may start giving talks out there. Okay. But that's another story. <laughs> So (laughs) I hear the truth. It's not Guy's truth, not Jelan's truth. It's nobody's truth. It's God's truth. And if I hear it, I resonate. Hmm. If I resonate, then how could it be that I'm resonating with this strange old dude living in Southern Oregon someplace? We couldn't come from more disparate, seemingly, paths. And yet here we are, brothers. How is that possible? Unless there's another kind of brotherhood. Another altogether different kind of relationship that exists at a spiritual level. But most of us don't know about that because we're too busy trying to belong to our own brotherhood, whatever that is, so that I can be unique. And in my uniqueness, make sure I'm separate from everybody else that doesn't see life the way I do. And that's called hell, which is planet Earth right now.
0: said that. Oof. All right. Um. Let me go on to the next one here um, <laughs> <That's it. laughs>
1: but then we can go wherever you want to go okay we don't have to we't have to go anywhere special it's all special when, when two men meet like this i
0: agree i agree um i I love the 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 way that you're answering and you the the feeling that you put behind it I mean because what you're saying is is. Deeply profound and vastly true, but also you give it so much life in your delivery, and I think that is, like you said, what makes the heart swell because you you understand that it is truth and it's not your truth or my truth. It's just okay. just truth. It's just it's just sitting there like a big cup of water to
1: drink from, if we can just get our over our aversion to picking up the cup because sometimes the cup's bitter, as you know, mm-hmm. just like Christ said, "Would that this cup could pass from my lips." But nevertheless not my dream, not my imagination, not my will, but your will. And then when you start realizing that the will of the moment that is busy revealing you to yourself is doing so to heal yourself, then you you stop being afraid of what the moment seems to be like because you realize the only reason it seems to be something bad is because there's something in you busy rejecting it because it's not sustaining the image you have of yourself. One day, you, you, one day you'll gag on the image of yourself. This is an important thing. We're busy perfecting them. You know, I, I got to look right. I got to sound right. I got to dress right. I got to everything. Got to be right. Got to be right. So humanity worships appearance instead of understanding being doesn't need appearance. Being is appearing in another order of your own existence where appearance is dropping down to the lowest level of humanity even if you're at the the biggest plutocrat that ever lived you're still an imitator you're still afraid because imitation is fear fear of what that i won't live up to what i'm imitating
0: wow <laughs> man Whew. these are some nuggets that you're dropping bro <laughs> Good Lord.
1: (laughs) It's just good. It's all good. It's just all good. It's all good. It is. It's hard to say how good it all is, honestly, but that's what you already sense and know to some extent, as do I know and sense to some extent, but there's no end to the good with a capital G. No end to it. That's, That's the marvelous journey, is discovering that you are intended to always be made in the moment into someone with a new understanding of who you were the moment before. Because you're you're in a, you're, you are a participant actually in creation itself. And you are being recreated moment to moment. And you know that. And if you're being made new, Christian terms, being reborn, Moment to moment, and whatever is new and reborn doesn't have a past to worry about. It's too busy being reborn again, being given life again, experiencing itself with a new set of eyes that were already there but that weren't open. And so it's yeah. kind of like you know, open, 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 and that's what happens. You just you just kind of you you open. <laughs> it's like you open. The, the words fall apart at a certain point, but that's what happens. Everything's an opening, or the way we are, everything is a closed door.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which would you which would you rather have, Jaylon? I'd
0: rather have the openings. Yeah, no kidding.
1: All you got to do is pay for it, brother. That's all you have to do.
0: (laughs) Pay for it. That's right. All right. Here's another one. Learn how to see yourself as you are. How is that possible?
1: <laughs> because the only pain that you have is trying to live up to who you've imagined you have to be. What other pain do I have? Oh my God! What if Jalon doesn't like me? Uh, what if I? What if the spirit fails me? Uh, what if my wife leaves me? What if my brother dies? What if the economy crashes? what if this idiotic political environment gets worse what if oh no what about that i i want to try to remember uh i recently wrote when i talk online i always have a topic and a key lesson a key lesson to me is what summarizes all of the uh, the points that i intend to make the only true freedom there is is the unconditional acceptance of the experience of myself as I am. The only true freedom there is, is the unconditional acceptance of myself as I am. Our life is spent not wanting conditions because they stir up the content of this consciousness, and then I blame the moment for the misery that I'm in. No moment is miserable unless there's something in me clinging to some idea about what it's supposed to be, and then I reject the moment instead of understanding the moment doesn't exist apart from the consciousness in which it's reflected. So when I accept the experience of myself as I am, I'm saying, let me be wholly present, both W-H and H-O, wholly present, practicing the presence of the moment of the divine, And letting God have and do with me what God wants to have and do with me. What does the divine want me to know about me? There are lots of things I can't wait for the divine to tell me. You're the most beautiful person that ever lived, Jalon. Did you know that? (laughs) You know, I want to hear all the good stuff. I go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then the moment that somebody crosses me or betrays me or disrespects me, or comes at me with some attitude that isn't according to my image of myself, I turn into a conflicted, violent human being. And I never think to myself that this conflict and violence is inherent in a consciousness filled with demands that it's treated as it must be treated. I never That never dawns on me. But one day, after I've tried to change everyone I know, and I live completely alone because no one wants anything to do with me, at that point I realize, oh my God, I've been fighting with life. Life has been trying to liberate me from who and what I believe I am so that I might be a man without all of these false conditioned cultural beliefs. Then you're free because you're no longer relying on a mind that's been fully conditioned. We have no idea how deep that runs, by the way. Fully conditioned, you're no longer relying on a conditioned mind to tell you how to be free. A conditioned mind is a captive mind. A conditioned mind is any mind that instantaneously negatively reacts because it's resisting a condition that challenges it. That's conditioning. Uh, Who I am is already in place before the moment pops it out. When you realize that who you are can't possibly be in place before the moment comes along, because the moment is introducing you to your relationship with God with the moment, then you start to realize, I, I walk around, I'm a spring-loaded time bomb. Maybe I need to, to figure out how to defuse the bomb instead of figuring out how to build a bomb shelter uh, where I can live in peace by myself. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Everybody mm-hmm. knows it, but nobody wants to deal with this idea until I accept unconditionally What happens in me every moment of my life without blaming someone for it, without hoping a day will come when I won't feel like that anymore. That's all resistance. I'll never be free. One last point. You might want to write this down, listeners, if you're actually still with Jalon and I. (laughs) Resistance can't learn if I resist a moment by identifying with that negative reaction, I have cut myself out of any possibility of discovering anything about myself through that moment. Resistance can't learn. It is separation. Only in our mind, resistance seems to prove difference between myself and what I don't want. Resistance doesn't prove difference between myself and what I don't want. Resistance proves similarity, or I wouldn't be resisting it. So these are things that you have to grow into seeing and then begin to work at literally practicing what you know is true instead of identifying with what something is always telling you is true. And this we can do.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) that's so heavy. So honest though. That's the thing about it is so honest. And I think that realizing something is honest can evoke feelings of change, but it's hard work to change. And if we've been conditioned a certain way for so long to now go against the grain and, and not follow the crowds, we might start to think of ourselves as, you know, being an outcast or a black sheep or something like that but I, I i feel like doing the work to get to a place of true awareness and healing makes you just the opposite of that i mean yeah absolutely
1: no you know what you couldn't have said truer words honesty is not only the best policy but quitters never prosper. I always drop out of life the moment it gets too real. The minute that you said this and I'm on fire, uh, then binary reaction, fight, flight, fight, flight, always conflict. We don't want conflict. I don't. I want to understand this nature that is in conflict with everyone and everything that challenges what it has been conditioned to believe is required of it. Honesty is this great threshing. You know, Christ said the wheat must separate the wheat from the chaff and all that business. The thresher that which separates is this honesty because you can, and I can tell by the way you said it, I have to make choices. I can either agree honestly that, you know what? I'm on fire and I want to blame you for the match, but you can't trigger me unless I have a gun in me. It's impossible. So I'm going to accept the responsibility. I'm going at least look at it. I'm going to take an honest look at it. And the minute you start taking an honest look at yourself, you're already aligned with something that isn't as afraid of you as you used to be. Now, now I then this is a glorious thing in a man's life, a woman's life. I'm not afraid of myself anymore because I've seen everything. Well, apparently not yet, but I've seen almost everything that I can bear to see anyway. And God never gives a man or a woman more than they can bear to see, but He does ask them to bear what they do see honestly.
0: I like that one. I I, I feel like, you know, you said honesty is the best policy. It is. But I I think that we may. <laughs> yeah. You said it there it is. Load, <laughs> there it is. It's
1: a lonely policy.
0: <laughs> and I think that's why it's so you know avoided, because if you're honest with yourself, you cannot continue to accept things that aren't true. That's right. You
1: can't you can't lie to people pretending to be something you're not, although we keep doing it. You can't fawn in front of people because <clears throat> you know it's disgusting. And and you don't want to be a disgusting human being, always craving somebody's favor, hoping somebody's going to throw you a bone of some kind. We don't want to see it. And I'm telling you, by grace, I guess, born into the world I was born into. People think that the the upper echelon of humanity, the 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 intelligentsia, the big time celebrities, that somehow they actually have a life that you want. They they are beggars at a table waiting for a crumb to fall with God as my witness, because everything about their life depends upon someone dropping another bit of approval into their lap, dropping another bit of respect that they demand. And if they don't want, get, then they will try to force the issue. Every last one, hoping somebody will give them something that will make them feel real again. And that's the key. Real again. Shall I tell you a fascinating story?
0: Sure, of course.
1: <clears throat> Most people have no idea who Robert Young was or is. He was a, 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 one of the biggest stars of motion pictures and television. I guess back in the 50s and 60s, there was a program called Father Knows Best. It probably wouldn't be politically correct these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This poor world. Anyway, uh, and he is a big star. And I don't know how it happened. I was living at the time in Ojai as the director for this beautiful man that I mentioned I had met. He he had a foundation uh, in Ojai, California and in Nevada. And he uh, called me out of the clear blue sky. Hello, Uh, is this guy? uh, This is Robert Young. You know, you want to go? Sure, you know. He said, "I was wondering if you'd have dinner with my wife and I." Well, I'd love to have dinner. He said, "I, I really want to talk to you about something." I said, oh, "Whatever." Apparently, he had found one of my first books called *The Secret of Letting Go*, and that's why he was calling me. So we went to this nice dinner. He drove out to Ojai. and with God as my witness, this is a, one of the biggest stars of the time. He started telling me. He said. I can't bear the pain of feeling like I'm a phony. I'm a phony. Nobody else knows I'm a phony. I go to work terrified every day that someone is going to see through my act. This is a, you have no idea how rare that is for a celebrity. He was a man on the, in his own way, on the way. And he said, what am I to do with this fear? So we had a meaningful conversation and became friendly. Uh, But that's what I'm saying to you, Jelan. Everybody believes they can pull it off one more time. And if I'm trying to pull it off one more time, I am in fear. If I am in fear, I will never know freedom because fear knows nothing about the freedom it promises. You see all that? The haunted house collapses. It has to come down before a new uh, home can be built.
0: I think it's difficult, or it may be difficult for some to conceptualize that people who have it all, quote unquote, um, are miserable.
1: I know. Of course it's difficult because,
0: (laughs) oh, sweet God,
1: what (laughs) else do I, what I need I, in quotes, I need time. I need time to get there. I need time to leave here. I need time to change my mind and my heart. And that is the great illusion and the great unseen father of fear is this idea that there will be a time to come when I get, do, or own something that I won't be who I am now. Because who I am now is what imagines that time to come, who makes of, as Christ said uh, in the Old Testament, thou shall have no graven images. What does that mean? You will not look to images in a time to come of any fashion or form to worship. And when I live for who I will become, because I'll have this out of the other, is that not an image, Jalon? It is an image, and I worship it. And by the way, because I worship it, I live in constant fear that that God that has been made in my own image, I might add, is going to betray me, and it always does. And it's the eventual discovery that that God made in our own image, meaning what my mind imagines is going to free me, it's the discovery of that that finally leads me to realizing I th- this doesn't work. What I imagine about myself, who I've been, how terrible I was or how great I'm going to be, all of that has to go out the door in favor of a simple, in quotes, uh, action that takes lifetimes to understand. How can I be aware of myself as I am and allow this light that is showing me myself as I am to do what only that light can do, which is to change, transform the darkness that it reveals. And that's right out of Scripture, too. The light dwells in the darkness. The darkness doesn't understand it. Of course it doesn't, because the darkness is a light unto itself. But that's not light, is it?
0: Sir, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> uh, let me throw another one at you. Yeah. Freedom appears as we observe our reaction instead of serving them.
1: We've been talking about that. Can I, um, how do I say this? As a a race of beings, we have fallen and continue to fall. If there's any doubt in your mind, look at what we even call uh, religion today. How can all religions who, in one way or another, allude to the idea, if not of a God, but of an all-understanding love, a wisdom, a Tao, an intelligence, how is it possible that when so many human beings profess that, there has never been more enmity between religions and races and human beings than in the history of mankind? It is accelerating, not decelerating. A man or a woman goes to church or to the mosque, and they're filled with the with Allah or whatever the spirit is that's come for them. And then they get in their car and somebody cuts them off, and they'd like to kill the person that cut them off. Unable to see that two seconds ago, uh, praise God, praise, praise Christ, Allah, out the window. Why? Because the reaction takes over the consciousness that produces it. And when the consciousness that produces the reaction... Has the reaction, it has to justify the reaction. So now I find myself justifying an anger that is killing me, separating me from all possibility of any form of uniformity. And when I justify and excuse my reactions, I actually believe that there's an intelligence in being on fire, an intelligence in hating another human being. Any man or woman who hates or fears another human being is asleep. Not to be judged, just asleep. When you know that, you stop judging people who judge you because you know they're in more pain than you could possibly imagine, and you wouldn't want to add to that. That's called real compassion because you have to lay yourself down for the sake of someone who doesn't even know it's possible to do that. And you can't go around saying, I laid myself down, I laid myself down. (laughs) You bear silently the crucifixion of that moment for the sake of that which you're honest about and know is true. That's the whole thing. That is for now.
0: <laughs> for now. <if> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, I got a, a couple of questions aside sure? from from the quotes. Um If someone wants to find fulfillment in life, is there a plan that they can follow that will lead them to fulfillment? I know it sounds like it's a
1: contradiction. But it's not. Whatever you do, be the very. What is that? When my wife and I moved up here to Southern Oregon, it was kind of an old place up here. And there was something in this barn. And I don't know what old Testament was out of, but said, um whatever thou doest, do it with all of your heart and your mind and your strength. And it was a it was I an idea that points to this be the very best human being you know how to be. Maybe you think the best human being you know how to be needs to be a billionaire. You might believe that. That's okay. Go become a billionaire. Do it, because if you actually go do the best you can do, you're going to discover that that didn't do it. Then in that moment of purification where you see I was pursuing something that couldn't actually change or bring me peace, then you'll be drawn to the next thing and do it with all of your heart, soul and mind. And that's what it means to be educated about yourself, because life will present you with things that draws you to it, and you will draw to yourself yourself your education of the soul. We must not deny the education of the soul because we believe that we're advanced or too stupid. We have to go through the process of purification that comes with realizing, much like the prodigal son, I went out, I did it, Uh uh-oh, this really doesn't work. Maybe I need to go back home. And that's the only way a person can ever really go back home is when they have no longer any home out there in the world that they can hang their hat on and call, look at me, look what I've done, look what I've got, because you'll understand from yourself the most precious thing there is, which is that, what did Christ say? Of myself, I can do nothing. Don't call me good. No one is good save the Father. Or any other scripture. Again, this isn't just Christocentric. I don't embrace any one particular religion. I know that all of them are the same story.
0: I got you. Let me ask you this: How important are values and wanting something new for ourselves? They're critical.
1: What do I, what do I do every day with my life? I'll ask you: What do you do every day with your life, Jalan? If not, pursue what you value. When you have a moment you don't like, isn't it because of your values? So how can what I value punish me? Oh. Hmm? So then I <laughs> say, well, maybe that's not as valuable as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She she spoke to me. She was rude, and uh, what what's this reaction? Uh, it's what I value. What do I value? That you treat me the way I want to be treated, and my value makes me a victim of every human being who doesn't see me the way I want to be seen. That's not a good value, is it? But it's the only one I know at the time. So. I become aware of how these unconscious conditional values have actually created a
0: victim wow, this has been so thought provoking I mean everything you're saying is like it's still processing because I think that the manner in which you're you're delivering these these answers. It it evokes some some sense of like we spoke about just knowing like this is true, but okay. maybe I've I've been avoiding this, or maybe I've never heard it in such a simple way that allows it to pierce all the way through, get past all the barriers, to where I'm just it's just me left with the honesty of of the words.
1: From your mouth to God's ears, Jalan. Literally, from your mm. mouth to God's ears. Let that be a prayer. And when these things are evoked in us, it has it sets up a longing, and there's no question about it. That's mm. we are we are created uh, empty and full at the same time. The longing is the emptiness, and yet there wouldn't be that longing unless there was something to create it that's already full. This is the true. Dao, the true yin and yang, this constant movement of active and passive. So that's what I am. I'm an instrument of that. I'm not the creator of that. I am a creation of that that gets to enjoy that relationship. If I'm willing to go through, as we've been describing, whatever God helped me, and he will, I have to go through. And then you just, you know, I call it, I tell my students, buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up, put on that seatbelt, and don't get out of the car. Because if you'll stay in the car, you'll see the whole ride. If you see the whole ride, you won't want to go on it again.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> and one.
1: you'll be thankful that you don't want to go on it again. And just, and then you'll be on something else. You'll, le- you'll go some other place to learn the things that wait for you there. What is good awaits any human being who will put good first.
0: Wow. Wow. All right, so what what is the secret to letting go?
1: <laughs> it hurts to hold on. We all want to, you know, this is the age of fast food, isn't it? We all want to drive through and get our happy meal. We want our happy teaching. We want our happy revelations. There's no such thing as drive-through deliverance. I don't care what some half-crazed, psychotic minister, priest, or rabbi, or whoever it is that tells you. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die, Jalen. When you understand that, then you realize the the real changes in my life, and you, you, you be the advocate. You tell me, is this true? The real changes in my life came when I would have rather avoided that moment than everything else in my whole life but I didn't avoid it. And thank God that God doesn't care what I want to avoid. The lessons keep coming around and around and around. If I accept the lesson, I'm liberated according to what was revealed to me about myself. As I'm liberated, I'm open for the next lesson and it never ends. Neither does real liberation.
0: You're a preacher brother, (laughs) man, 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 man. Um, I, I'm just, I'm blown away by, and and the, the funny thing is, it's not so much that these things aren't known. Like, right. I I know these things, yeah. it, <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, but where did they go? And then right. it's like finding an oasis. Hmm. Suddenly, oh well, God, that's the that, that's the taste. I know it's there. Why don't I have a cup of my own to drink from? Yeah. Don't stop, Jaylon. Don't stop. And you have a friend, not just me. You have a friend who wants to see to it. Call on that friend, not on Jaylon. Right. Don't you?
0: All right. So last question: If you could use your platform to encourage anyone who might be struggling with taking the next steps to explore becoming a better version of themselves, what would you say? I'd say, get rid
1: of the idea that there's a better version of you. Wake up. How do I wake up? I wake up by discovering, as best I'm capable of doing every moment, that there's something I don't understand about myself yet. And there's something in me that doesn't want me to go into that place to understand it. Fear says, don't go there. Fear says, you need others. You have to be approved of. You need all these things to be free. When you see that fear doesn't know about freedom, then you will begin your diverse your divorce process from fear. Then you will step into what you don't want to do instead of running from it you will step into what you don't want to see about yourself instead of closing your eyes to it. If that could be conveyed and there was anyone out there, and obviously there are, who wants to hear that because it resonates with them, then we are on the same page, reading from the same holy book that was put in our heart before it was put into pages on a book, and we're learning the same thing. That's the hope of humanity, Jelan. Men and women who love the truth enough to let the truth liberate them from these ideas and images they have about what life is. Then we enter into a new purpose and the new purpose becomes our understanding. There was a plan in place before we took this body and all we have to do is learn to cooperate with it properly.
0: That's it. That's it. All right, well, I am deeply grateful for your time um, that you gave me the opportunity to share space with you And uh, for your knowledge and expertise and the way that you delivered it. Uh, It was a trip. You're a trip.
1: (laughs) How else would I have ever met somebody like you if you didn't do that? Hmm? Because somewhere between you and I, there's this marriage. And the marriage of these two different essences produces a third impression. And everybody gets that new impression that doesn't exist without this union. That's all of life, to tell you the truth. So we're just a little microcosm of something bigger going on.
0: Agree. If someone wanted to find you online or on social media, where can they look you up? Um, uh, thanks to
1: my students and friends, uh, my I'm fairly ubiquitous now. Uh, you can go on almost any platform. Just Google Guy Finley, uh, Instagram. I don't even know what those things are. Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. I know there's Instagram, uh, TikTok, Rumble, just a bunch of of these social sites. Uh, uh, oh, YouTube. <laughs> Sorry, I got excited that I remembered. I have my own. I have my own channel on YouTube. Um, so look me there. But go to guyfinley.org. G-U-I-F-I-N-L-E-Y. Guyfinley.org forward slash let go forward slash classes. I speak three times a week for nothing. You can join me. We we work. You go to my website. You can study there for years with the free material that's provided. So if Jalan and I have uh, touched anything, as I said earlier, don't just acknowledge it. Act on the knowledge. I know Jalan's going to act on this knowledge. I'm going to act on what I learned while I was talking, and then we'll keep going.
0: Sounds like a plan. It is a plan. All right. <laughs> Guy, thank you so much for this. Thank you for your time, for your knowledge, for what you do, for who you are and how you do it.
1: It was a pleasure, Jelan, and I re-extend that invitation. If you ever get out, uh, if you ever get out this way, uh, there's a light in the window for you. And if I go as I imagine, well, I am going in a couple of weeks to Florida. Uh, I'm gonna look around and see, I have a lot of uh, students and friends on the East Coast, I never go there cuz I don't like to travel but but if I but I may have to go do that anyway so uh, you'll be the first to know and then we can uh, maybe do an interview live
0: Sounds good to me
1: All right